I've noticed you're pretending to masturbate, and I was wondering if you wanted to talk about it. Oh, I wish my mum was a sex guru. So, why don't you start by telling me your earliest memory of your scrotum? Trust me, you don't. No, I love you so bad. This is a new frontier, my sexually repressed friend. Our chance to finally move up the social food chain. I love you so I'm worried about you, man. Everybody's either thinking about shagging, about to shag, or actually shagging. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lug Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today, we are discussing sex education available on Netflix. Sex education. Wow. What an interesting series of uh, events that happened in this show. <laughs> I was not prepared for sex education. I... Kind of just heard it lingering in the background. Everyone was talking about you, and they said, oh, we also checked out sex education. So I was like, let's check it out. You know, why not? Um, So we decided to check it out. This is uh, just me today, but I'm going to try to attach an interview with Kelly and her initial impressions of sex education because I do believe she liked it just a tad bit more than I did. Um, but I can give you my first impressions on how I was thinking, how I felt about it. Um, I, I've, we both have finished the series. So let me go into a quick synopsis of what the show is about for anyone that has no idea what we're talking about. Let me um, see if I can't get the freaking internet to come back up. What is going on around here? God, God, shut up, shut internet. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Sex education. Here's the synopsis. A teenage boy with a sex therapist mother teams up with a high school classmate to set up an underground sex therapy clinic at school. So that's kind of the general synopsis of it, and that's sort of how it's sold. But in my opinion, that is kind of the B plot. What it's really about is the underlying sexual uh, proclivities and innuendos uh, that that happen within uh, the teenager's mind. Um, This is revolving around uh, a younger cast as in, you know, uh, they're supposed to be in high school, but the majority of people are probably, you know, mid-20s. But that's what makes it kind of, I don't know, different, a little bit more interesting. They're kind of talking about really uh, adult-heavy topics. And, um, you know, sex education, I think, does a pretty good job at bringing uh, tropes and and things that you have seen in movies, you know, uh, different uh, uh, story beats, but also updating those story beats for uh, a new time, a new um, progression. Like, sorry, did I say progression? I mean, uh, uh, it, it this this script feels very updated, is what I would say. It feels very twenty nineteen. Um, I would say it's a little bit cheesy at the beginning. It's a little bit too much. Um, I don't know. It's, it feels a little forced and contrived in some parts, but the way that it really lands when 
when the episodes start to get their stride, it really hits some really nice dramatic beats. And there's there's chances for the majority of the cast to really shine, um, not only on the comedic side, but also on the dramatic side. And all of these stars, uh, Asa Butterfield, Gillian Anderson, obviously, Emma, Emma Mackey, um, all of these individuals do a, a stellar job at bringing um, an interesting portrayal to these characters. Uh, Nutsky Gatwa, who plays Eric Offing, I don't, I've never seen him in anything, but he is one of the probably the more breakout characters besides um, that that are out of the three. Um, I don't think he has been on too much more. Let's see. He's only been on Bob Servant and Stonemouth, which are probably uh, looks like they're BBC British broadcasting. Um, so he's he's relatively new onto the scene. I know Emma McKay. Um, am I saying that right? Sorry, Emma Mackey, who plays Maeve Wiley. She is definitely a standout as well. She's relatively, I believe she's new on the scene. She is um, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's known as uh, Maeve Wiley in Sex Education, and she's known as Michelle in Badger Lane, which is a TV movie, and that is her only two credits. Um, I thought she did a phenomenal job for this. Um, Let me see. If she, um, she works, a, I guess Emma Mackey worked a little bit into um, stage production and uh, that type of thing. Started, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and Asa Butterfield. I'm not sure if I'm saying his first name correct. I apologize, Mr. Butterfield. But um, he plays Otis Milburn. And he is the main character. And probably, I think he does... I think he does the best. He has the most acting experience. He is the main character in Hugo, the main character in uh, Ender's Game. He's uh, the boy in the striped pajamas, the space between us. And I believe after this, he's going to have several more um, big credits coming down in the window um, or coming down the the drain or whatever you want to say. But um, I think that this guy has a bright future ahead of him, uh, along with the rest of the cast that I've mentioned. Um, Gillian Anderson, obviously, we know her from X-Files and Hannibal and many other things. But she is gorgeous as always and an amazing actress. And she's like fine wine. She's only getting better with time. <laughs> um, I The more I think about it, I do think uh, this is a really good cast. And I, I, I enjoyed the, many of their portrayals. Um, even the um, co-stars and uh, the the cast, uh, just these uh, these random individuals that will show up and pop in and off the screen, like the band teacher, are just hilarious. And uh, they they are even given um, depth to their characters, you know. Um, so I would say that the writing is. Uh, is is pretty good in this, and I think that's what probably keeps it going. The 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 narrative structure of what's happening, um, it's not so much based around the sex education part of it. I think they really tried to to sell the sex in it, 
And given it's a, a European style show, there is a little bit more nudity than what would normally be in it. And I, like, I wouldn't watch this with you know with your folks or anything like that. But um, it's it's a good couple show, I would say. And it's um, I don't know it it, it it does a good job with what it's achieving. I think as the progression of the season goes on, and, and I I like how it ended. Um, let me see if I can't get, um, let me see if I can't get this little adjusted. Okay. Um, so I think that's a good starter for, uh, non-spoiler section. I thought visually, maybe we can talk about that, the technicals before jumping in the spoiler section. Visually. Um, it's a very bright show. It's, uh, even in the, the dark times that it shows, it's, uh, still very bright. You can tell that there is kind of a low budget on this and there's, you know, stuck in a few select places that they can only shoot. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely would like the budget to be bumped up a little bit more. Um, I, I liked some of the camera work, uh, within it. I, wasn't blown away by it or anything like that. Like, um, I thought it was very comprehensible. It was, it was done, uh, with, with visual flair when it came to the sex scenes, I thought each of the sex scenes or each of the times that people were trying to, you know, uh, start to have sex, they would, they would shoot it very differently each way because they wanted to describe a different problem for each individual set of couples and uh it's not serialized in the way that you know like i'm like it's like oh this problem is this this episode is this problem this episode is this problem although there is uh episodes that had that start off you know oh this is the problem of this episode and this is the problem of this episode you know this is the sexual problem of this episode um it's not quite that way it's much more uh serialized i would say um but yeah, um, let me see anything else. The music was was pretty good, pretty good. Um, nothing, nothing crazy about it. I I, I thought it kind of got you in the mood, and I guess if you want to say something. <laughs> um, the dramatic beats that come within the Eric character, and uh, I think his name's Adam Groff, um, lead to some very interesting. Uh, uh, narrative story building um I, I i think that 10 15 years ago you wouldn't see this type of stuff so um it's very progressive in the way that's told it's entertaining as hell eight episodes less than i want to say they're all like 40 to 50 minutes um let's say about 50 minutes each but they're all very doable they're not you know they, they don't feel like the pacing in it is is very nice um the series is directed by Kate Heron and Ben Taylor, and I think there's a nice um, balance of direction with this. And I, I definitely could, I could tell that there was two tones going on, but not in a in a bad way. Um, the end of the fucking world, I believe, had um, had a, a big tonal whiplash, in my opinion, halfway through, and it kind of threw it off. Um, but yeah, let me see if I can figure out how the direction of this went because if we if it's anything like the end of the fucking world, it was the first four were done by um, one person and the last four were done by another, which would 
explain the different tones and different style that you um, are witnessing. And it does appear that Kate Heron is the director of the last couple episodes and Ben Taylor is the director of the first couple episodes of, uh, of Sex Education. And it appears I personally like... It, it, I think episode five really is it was where the turning point was for me, where I realized this is what I wanted to watch. And it, and it was, you know, I was excited to watch the next episode. But up until then, it was kind of more a kooky comedy that I was just like, eh. you know, it's good. It's fun. It's not great. And I think it started to hit greatness around episode five. Um, let's hop into spoilers um, for season one of Sex Education. So, by now, you've either watched all of Sex Education and you were fully sex- sexed up, lubed up, fully lubed up, um, <laughs> and you completely understand um, all of the problems that all of these these characters are going through. I thought you know, the, the narrative structure of the majority of them was, was very interesting. We see uh, Otis, why he's, why he's giving out this sex advice. But he's also extremely traumatized and troubled by what his father did and how his mother treated them. And and the the whole situation is just a big cluster. And, uh, yeah, when he tries to have sex, he uh, uh, passes out or something like that. You know, something pretty bad. Um, And there's also a big underlying uh, narrative storytelling device of the the book the, uh, the the book that his mother is writing and it, it it comes to a big conclusion where you know she she didn't understand him and, um, and she thought the book would help you know kind of resolute the whole thing and i understand that you know it, it, it's uh it's interesting from a narrative standpoint it's completely unacceptable from like uh, bringing, you know, I wouldn't want my 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 problems put into a, a book like that. And, you know, it be that obvious that it could be possibly about me. I was like, oh, my gosh, um, make it fictional or something like that. Just changed enough things that <laughs> so that it's not like a nonfiction story. Um, let me see what else we have for the last one. Um Eric and Adam, we, I mean, they start to form a, a, a small relationship, and Adam is sent off to military school. And so I, I wonder if we're going to even see Adam Groff in the next uh, season. I thought he was a very interesting character. Um, at the beginning, it seems like, oh, woe's me. I got a big Johnson, and, you know, nobody likes me. And it's like, what was your problem, man? And then as the season really starts to form out it's uh or to to develop you understand that all of these characters have these uh these problems and they even go into you know the depth of uh mr groff um the principal um and i mean at some points we see him dancing in the halls and whatnot i mean it we see all of these characters at very different points in their lives i think that this show does a great job with that so, um, Jillian Anderson gets with, uh, um, Jacob, I think his name is Jacob Nyman, and, uh, 
Yeah. I Oh, so he is a, a European foreign actor. Let me see, from Stockholm. Okay. So, um, and he's he was in the Hobbit trilogy. Okay. And the most recent girl with the spider's web. Is that the spider? And the girl in the spider web? Is that what the... I don't know. That was, I heard that was a terrible movie anyway. Anyways, back to uh, sex education. So, Gillian Anderson and Michael, uh, and, uh, sorry, Gillian Anderson and Jacob end up um, together by the end of first season, I believe. And Ala and Otis are making out by the end of um, season one. I mean, it was very. Um, quick in my opinion but they do they, I, I think what they should have done is they should have brought uh, Patricia Allison as Ala Nyman Jacob's daughter they should have brought her in sooner um, into the story maybe episode 4 or 5 so that we didn't feel as much whiplash for Otis to all of a sudden start talking to this one chick um, uh, Emma McKay uh, sorry Maeve uh, Wiley is uh we get a big background story on her. I mean, at, at the beginning, it's, it's it's so weird. It's it's so odd with her character, in my opinion, because she's having this relationship with this uh, swimmer guy that, uh, why can I not find his name? Jackson. Jackson. Keeter Williams Sterling. Um, let me see what he has been featured in. Shank, Wolflug, Montana, and Death in Paradise. Okay, so I think he must, Keeter William Sterling must be a relatively newer actor as well, although he does have some pretty good credentials. Um, I thought he did a really good job as Jackson uh, Marchetti, and I liked how, I liked how he was from, he was adopted into a family who had two mothers, and it's almost never really mentioned. It's not even a big deal. It's, it's just like a thing. It's like, okay, and it's, interesting how clear it is which one is dominant just with who's controlling the house who makes the rules um we don't see this type of uh storytelling in any other form i like the progressiveness i like i like seeing this it's uh it's different um and 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 very much uh similar to you know just uh, the quote unquote traditional family that you'd normally see the the that um that normally wouldn't have two males or two females you know i i'm really glad we're getting to see this uh insight into these uh individuals lives and i hope we get to see more of, more of that in regular day-to-day television without it being a whole um, you know, they're the gay couple, or they're the 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 so and so couple, or something like that. You know, it's not it's not necessary to do that. It's um very progressive to do what they're doing in this show. Um, obviously, we find out about the gays, um, all having sexual problems and whatnot. I I was so tired of that from the get go. I was just like done with it. Don't need it. Um. But yeah, the, we we get all those. Um, I'll probably have a f- more in depth discussion with Kelly so that we can get a you know a female perspective on here because it's always nice to have different perspectives from everybody, all genders, all races, all whatevers, all planets. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I um, I ended up enjoying sex education a lot. Um, I'd probably give it an eight out of ten. Um, the 
com- comedic beats at the beginning weighed it down in a way that I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. <clears throat> I wasn't sure if it was going to have stakes in a way that I was going to like it. But I, I do think it uh, hit the story beats that I was looking for. It ended in a way that I wanted to see a second a second season. Um, I'm excited for a second season. Apparently, they've already released a trailer for it. I can't believe that. I mean, how quick did this come out? I mean, this this is a very pretty new um, television show to come out and already have a a second season um, trailer for it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I don't want to say too much more than that. Let's see if we can get Kelly on here. And uh, thank you for listening. Lucky Dog Podcast. Stay out of my life. What kind of man do you want to be? What kind of man do you want me to be, Dad? You can't choose who you're attracted to. You can't engineer a relationship. I don't believe in love. You are who you are. Don't let anyone take that away from you. I still think it's a way to teenage boys a sex therapist.